I want you to think about the policies of this administration, and I want I want you to think about them not in the way of how bad they are. I want you to set out and look at it like this. For instance, on immigration, if your goal was to unleash COVID uh, as rapidly as you can, wouldn't it be in? Would you change anything of the Obama, uh, the uh, Biden policy on the border of letting Mexicans, which Mexico has a horrible covid problem? Would you change that policy if your goal was to harm the American worker? Would you change his open border policy at all? If your goal was to overwhelm the system, would you change the policy at all? Uh, I wouldn't. I, and I thought, well, yeah, you could pay them to come in. But then I thought of the NGOs that they are dismissing that are paying for all of their bus trips coming right into our border. And we are paying them because we're now offering free health care. What? This is a success if you're trying to destroy America. Luckily, we got some good news on Friday, and I want to introduce you to the man who led the charge on this in 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck Program. So Angela wrote in about her dog's experience with Rough Greens. She said, I ordered Rough Greens a few weeks ago while listening to Glenn Beck on the Blaze. If his dog loved it, I was sure mine would, too. Oh, she has a four-year-old miniature dachshund. Holy cow, those things are picky, and they can be a little temperamental. She said, my four-year-old dachshund, Parker, loved it right away. I put it in his bowl, and he lapped it up, much to my surprise. Quinn, my 14-year-old shepherd boxer mix, was a bit more reluctant and didn't seem enthusiastic at first. But I kept sprinkling it on her food daily, and after a week, she eagerly was awaiting it in the morning and now gobbling it down. I have noticed a definite increase in energy in both of the dogs. Thank you so much. Angela, you're welcome. I'm glad you uh, took my uh, challenge and and fed it to your dog uh, or your dogs. You just wait. Give them a couple of months. You'll see your dogs really change. They really start to get um, healthy, and it seems like they're younger, at least for mine. Rough Greens, R-U-F-F-Greens.com slash Beck. Just get a free bag of Rough Greens, a little trial sample bag that you can try out for a week with your dog just to make sure that they'll eat it. You just pay for shipping. It's RoughGreens.com slash Beck or call 833-GLEN-33. 833-GLEN-33. So there was some uh, good news on the border. And I am going to let the man who actually uh, led the way on this tell you about what it all means. Eric Schmidt, he is the Missouri Attorney General. I spent some time with him uh, yesterday at a meeting of attorney generals and uh, invited him on the program today to uh, meet you again. We've had him on before. Eric, welcome to the program. Great to be with you, Glenn. So, first of all, Congratulations. 
tell the American people what happened on Friday. It's a big win, Glenn, for border security, uh, for national security to stop the flow of illegal immigration, drug trafficking, human trafficking, with the judge's order that he issued a little after five o'clock. The federal judge issued a little after five o'clock on Friday. Um, So to give it some context, on day one, uh, Joe Biden reversed President Trump's very successful remain in Mexico policy or otherwise known as the migrant protection protocols, which is Uh to say that as people were coming here, uh, if you're seeking asylum, which, by the way, it was found that nine out of 10 asylum claims were bogus, um, the uh, Biden folks didn't even acknowledge that or even reference that. The judge points that out. They didn't even do their due diligence. But as you were coming here seeking asylum, that Mexico was the waiting room, because what we know is that if you let those folks into the United States, give them a court date on the honor system and they're released into the interior of the United States, you don't ever see them again. And that's exactly what has been happening. The 1.1 million people since January have come Jeez. here illegally. And probably, in, in, not oh probably, but, but it has created a perverse incentive. And the judge cited this, that if you have people who get paid to get people here illegally, if they know all they have to do is say, we're seeking asylum and they are in the United States, it's very lucrative for these really bad guys to take advantage, by the way, of people along the way, too. Um, it's big business. And so the Trump policy that said Mexico is the waiting room significantly cut down on this illegal activity. We said the Biden administration can't do what they did, which is to reverse that policy, and a judge agreed with us. So the good news here is that um, we're going to get back to President Trump's remain in Mexico policy, and it's a great example of federalism at work. Okay, so so hang on. Before we get into this, I I just want to know a couple of things. Um, The judge said that they had to reverse it. Why? What was in your case that showed that they didn't have the right to drop this particular uh, thing that Trump had in in place? Great question. So on day one, and we can talk about some other executive actions that President Biden took that were illegal. On day one, in basically two sentences, just says we're reversing it and opens up the borders. Okay. The reality is, under a very technical scheme, the, uh, uh, the uh, Administrative Procedure Act, you have to go through a process of taking in notice and comment, hearing from people who want to weigh in, um, and balancing all of those things before you make an administrative change. Now, I would argue that we've allowed way too many administrative departments and department heads to make law, and we ought to allow that, you know, got to get back to Article One branch. But be that as it may, they didn't even do that. Then we filed the lawsuit. Then they came back in a haphazard way to try to cover their tracks and say, oh, no, we actually did consider this. And and the judge said, no, you didn't. You didn't in the first place. You didn't later. Uh, You've been caught red-handed. This is an illegal act. This is an illegal executive action. Therefore, we are back now to the policy that was lawfully enacted by the Trump administration to remain in Mexico policy. So this is, again, an example of you have to push back. We're not going to accept this sort of lawlessness of the Biden administration. And they've done this on social cost of greenhouse gases. They've done this on the Keystone XL pipeline, and there's a number of lawsuits in the pipeline there to challenge this. But this is by far and away, I think, the most significant victory against the Biden administration for these kind of actions. Um, I'm speaking to the uh, Attorney General of Missouri, Eric Schmidt, um, who um, 
who led the way on this. Now, Eric, you say this is a very good thing because they've been ordered to do it. Well, they've been ordered to do other things and they're not obeying the courts. They're dismissing the courts. Also, this was happening in a district court, if I'm not mistaken, here in Texas. Um, what makes you think that this will be supported? Because the government is going to appeal. What makes oh, you yeah. believe this will actually win at the highest level? Well, this was a very well-reasoned opinion. And I think the judge, who was in Amarillo, and by the way, the Department of Justice tried very hard to move it out of that because uh, this particular DOJ was trying to get it to an Obama-appointed judge. Uh, but the reality is the, the rule of law prevailed here, and that's all you really want from the judiciary as far as I'm concerned, to interpret the law as it's written, not how they want it to be. That's not the left's um, view of, of, of what they want judges to do. They're much more you know, in favor of judicial activism. But the judge gave them seven days to appeal. So they would appeal to the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals, which – uh, is a strong conservative, um, and I mean that in the sense of, you know, they rule based on the law. So we're confident that the Court of Appeals will reject the appeal. But this is a big deal because if you think of what's happening at the border, it's a total disaster. We've not, there's a 21-year high in illegal crossings. You have, and Missouri's interest in this, by the way, um, not being a border state is we've taken on human trafficking. We've spent a lot of resources. Our state has made it a priority to take on the dark underworld of human trafficking. And these cartels uh, are very, very engaged in human trafficking, in, including trafficking drugs across the border. And it's very profitable for them right now because yeah. people are you know, being released into the interior of the United States. Um, um, Eric, we spent time together yesterday. I was lucky enough to be um, invited up to the Republican Attorney General's um, meeting, uh, which I think you have what once a year. <clears throat> and <clears throat> and I was uh, I was impressed with how many of you guys uh, know exactly what you are up against, and that you are the last line of defense. I mean, after you guys, we're down to our local sheriff. You are the last line of defense to be able to stand for the the Bill of Rights. What was the yeah, look? Go ahead. No, I was going to say, and, and, you know, on our discussion, I think that this really is a fight to save America. And I don't I don't that mean, mean that rhetorically in some grandiose speech. I mean it very practically. I think the Republic is truly on the line. And I think that for us, and this is what I believe, and I think a lot of Americans, certainly your listeners do, I know you do, that America is the most noble, important experiment in the history of the world. What the founders said was, everybody before us in 1776 had it exactly backwards. We don't need to ask, our rights don't come from a king or a queen or some despot, our rights come from God. And what government is, what government is, is a project to protect those rights, to protect those individual rights that were given by God. So your ability to speak your mind, your ability to defend yourself, are born with those things. And America is uh, very unique in the history of the world. It's an exception. That's what American exceptionalism means. We are exceptional in the sense that most places around the world still to this day don't believe that. 
And if we lose this fight to save America, there's no going back. We are the last best hope for mankind. We got to get it right. So when you talk about these things that are happening in Washington, D.C., federalizing elections and undermining election security just to obtain power by using what they were doing during the pandemic to loosen those uh, integrity measures just to gain power, to teach our kids to despise America, as opposed to teaching them what America really is about, the Bill of Rights, which is very important. But most, you know, I think it starts with the Declaration of Independence, which is our mission statement. It says who we are, what we believe, what we stand for, and the Constitution then sets forth that framework to protect those rights. The states came together to create a federal government of limited powers, and the people reign supreme, not some sovereign authority who claims that they got their power from God and we have to ask permission. That's very unique. We don't talk about that as much anymore, but I certainly view my mission as an attorney general and now running for the United States Senate as protecting that, protecting individual rights. I, somebody asked me, and we, we announced a cold case arrest last week uh, in St. Louis, and as part of my job as attorney general of the state's chief law enforcement officer, legal officer, and I was asked a question, how do you feel about fear being used right now to get people to wear masks? And I said, there's, you know, basically, there's nothing new in the sun. That's what every dictator and every tyrant has said since the beginning of the world. They've used it, fear, to aggregate and accumulate power. I do not want to live in some futuristic, dystopian, biomedical security state. And I'm going to do everything I can, the powers that I swore to protect the Constitution, to protect individual rights. And I think we have to be absolutely committed to that. And if we are, if we band together on that, we're going to win this thing. And our kids will look back, our grandkids will look back and be very, very proud of each. And you don't have to be the attorney general to stand up for that. I see people going to school board meetings. I see people going to city council meetings for standing up who don't want to take this anymore. They believe in America and what we are and who we are and what we can be. So that's a very important role for for me as AG. I, uh, we're talking to Eric Schmidt, uh, the Missouri Attorney General, and he is uh, going to be running for um, uh, Senate in the state. I, I, um, I had to leave right after I, I spoke to all of you um, last night, and I, I'm wondering how many of the people, because I didn't get a chance to ask the whole room, out of the 22 that were there, how many of them are on the same page with you now? that you're saying what you're saying this morning? I think it's a very committed group. Um, it is a very committed group to these principles. We have a unique role in our system in that, as we talked about governments, our project to protect those rights, that's our job. That's our job to protect the rights. My job isn't to give cover to some authoritarian regime because it's the government. That's not my job. My job is to make sure that people can say their piece under the First Amendment, that under the Second Amendment, people can protect themselves. And so when that's, so you see a lot of the work that we do. We're leading the brief on making sure that this restrictive regime in New York, where you have to tell the government or some bureaucrat that you're really in danger to be able to conceal carry. That's not what the founders ever intended. We're fighting that fight. Whether it's, you know, the abortion issue going to the United States Supreme Court, we're fighting that fight. Whether it's protecting First Amendment rights or, you know, you could go down the, pick the issue. Yeah. I think right now, pushing back against the federal government, and by the way, also pushing back against local governments um, that want to treat people as subjects and not citizens. We're committed to that fight. Um, I believe it in my core. And I'm telling you, Glenn, you, you know it from your listeners. There is something happening right now 
in the city council rooms, in the school board rooms, in these hearing rooms, people don't want to lose America. They don't because it is this shining city on a hill. And we've always been a people that wanted to know what's on the other side of that mountain. And what people see right now is a cliff and we have a choice. What is our role going to be in the future of this Republic? Because as Ben Franklin said, you know, we walked out of the convention. It's you've got a Republic man. If you can keep it, it's hard work because human nature and the founders knew this human nature is you see it across the world. It's happened before is to uh, accumulate power dole out favors to your cronies. So the founders knew that spreading out power among the branches uh, with federalism, making sure that no one person or branch was too powerful. All of that is, as federalism works horizontally and vertically was meant to do one thing, protect individual liberty. Eric, and that's our path forward. I, I can't thank you enough for everything you're doing. We're watching you guys carefully. I am, um, I, you know, yesterday I offered support on anything that we can do to help you guys out because I do believe you are the fire line. Thank you so much. And uh, my best to everybody else that are having meetings this week uh, with you, all the thank attorney generals. Thank you so much. It's said, by the way, <clears throat> I want to thank you for all you're doing to, to, to talk about these issues, too, and your listeners. Thanks well, for having me on. You bet. Thank you. All right. Let me tell you a little bit about uh, Goldline. Goldline has a new one-ounce silver bar available to new and existing clients for free with any qualifying order this week. Um, You're thinking, um, call Goldline today, or that's it. No, I'm asking you to uh, call Goldline today and just get the information. You're smart enough to figure this out. You're, fu- you're smart enough to figure out and look at what we're printing, look at what we're spending, and ask, is this sustainable? And if it's not, what's going to happen to the dollar? And if the dollar falls, what do we turn to? Call Goldline now, 1-866-GOLDLINE, 1-866-GOLDLINE, or goldline.com. 10 seconds, station ID. I like him. Yeah, it's about time people start to embrace uh, uh, federalism. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, the, our these, foundational principles. I had the opportunity to speak to them last night, and I spoke to them about the mission statement of the United States, the Declaration of Independence, and the Bill of Rights. And, and I honestly asked them on your behalf to... Uh, stand up united together as one and be seen as the people who they really are as the last defender of the rights guaranteed in our constitution. It's we don't believe in the federal government anymore. Uh, I don't believe the justice department is actually dispensing justice and did you speak to them with a parrot on your shoulder and an eye patch? I because uh, uh, did you uh, at any point? Because you brought the you've got the scar makeup on. I don't, I don't believe I don't, I don't believe it's, it's a real scar. It's I don't not, think anybody uh, believes it's a real scar. But yeah, it is a real scar. So, it's, uh, no, I did not. No, I, <laughs> no, no, I didn't. Uh, 
fact, everybody was a little uncomfortable. I could see everybody looking at my scar, and nobody said anything. They're like, good God, man. He was, like, I got in a fight with a socialist. You yeah, know what I mean? I did like, say. Okay. Somebody did ask yesterday, and I said, you know, he looks frail, but George Soros packs quite a wallop. Uh, I was in a knife fight, uh, and you should see him. You should see him. Uh, but thank you for the little pirate uh, music. I appreciate that. Well, story. I just feel like it's appropriate for anyone, especially watching on police yeah. TV. Do you think that's going away? Do you it's, think that's going to You know, it's, I, I knew you had a big scar. It's not as bad as I thought uh, really? it was going to be. It actually looks better than I thought. Enormous, and I think it looks pretty bad. It's tough, man. You've had a rough couple weeks yeah. here. Yeah, it's been bad. <laughs> Jeez, it's dude. It's been bad. It's been bad. <laughs> But it's the good kind of cancer. Well, this one's not. But the rest of them are the good kind of cancer. This is good. This is how. Yeah. You, this is so what happens you, as you get old. You start talking you more like, and more about your yeah. doctor's appointments. No, no, no. It's good. It's it's no. It's fine. It's fine. Right. 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 It's fine. Hello. Back in a minute. This is the Glenn Beck program. Hey, if your phone service is through one of the big mobile carriers, why? Why? What if you could get that service, meaning the service on the same towers, same coverage, for a whole lot cheaper? Well, I don't. Why? How about half the cost? Well, I. Why? What if you could get half the cost and better customer service? Well, I don't. Why? Why? What if you could get that cheaper cost for the same service, have better customer service, and know that instead of a portion of your bill going to leftist causes like Planned Parenthood, which is something that Verizon contributes to, why would you do that when you have also, on top of all the other benefits, a portion of everything this company makes going to support American causes like the First and Second Amendment? Why haven't you switched to Patriot Mobile? PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. Call 972-PATRIOT. 972-PATRIOT. Get free activation with the offer code Beck. Special discounts. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. Why? Why aren't you a member of Blaze TV yet? Yeah, right. Why? Blaze TV. see my scar and everything. It's great. <laughs> Jeez. It was an exceptionally hot summer morning on 13th of July, writes The Guardian, when people in the Malistan district of southern Afghan province woke up to find that the conflict that had swirled around them for weeks had finally reached their small town and Taliban fighters were closing in. By noon of that day, 22-year-old Fatima, seven months pregnant, was seeking shelter from bullets raining down on her home in her village, which was caught in the vicious crossfire between Taliban militants and government forces. Surviving the battle was not the only thing on her mind, however. Her family were terrified that the Taliban gained control of their village. They would begin taking women like Fatima as they had taken other young women in parts of the country falling under their control. We had heard of cases where the Taliban would kill young men and sexually abuse girls and young women of the family. The fears of Fatima and her family were justified. When the Taliban finally came to our village, they wanted to take a young girl with them, but she ran to the roof of her house and ended her life. Ah, oh, 
Nazarene Fund was uh, started because when our troops were pulled out of um, of Iraq, something called ISIS uh, came in and they were kidnapping and raping and killing uh, families, but mainly women and children uh, were bringing them into sex slavery. Um, we started the Nazarene Fund, and now our chief operating officer, our CEO, is Rudy Atala. Uh, and I wanted to get him on the phone um, right away today to see what he knows about the situation in Afghanistan and if he sees a way for us eventually to help. Rudy, how are you, sir? Hey, good. Good to hear your voice, Glenn. Yeah, good to talk to you. Um, tell me. Tell me what you know about what's happening in Afghanistan and how bad it is for the people that we've left behind. Uh, it's extremely bad. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm getting I'm getting calls right now from Gulf states, from uh, from the region, from Lebanon, from all over the place. Um, if you if you watch uh, the the news media in the Middle East, um, they're showing you know repeats of of, of people falling off C-17s on takeoff. Uh, people dying, people scrambling, looking looking for ways to escape Afghanistan. We just absolutely uh, evacuated without leaving them a single choice or protecting any of them. And uh, all my military friends uh, that served over there, I had, in fact, I have a former Navy SEAL here with me staying uh, at my house, and we were talking about it. He, uh, he did uh, four combat tours in Afghanistan. He said, all, all our Folks, our allies that, that that helped us on the ground now are stuck. And what's really going to happen is eventually Al-Qaeda is going to get its foothold. Terrorism is going to go back on the rise. And the people the people that, uh, you know, are not killed, that we've trained, are eventually going to flip because they want to survive and, sure. and, and maintain themselves. And so, so these trained individuals are now going to be working against us. Not only that. But now Al-Qaeda and the Taliban have access to U.S. armament, U.S. weapons, U.S. Drones. US, uh, knowledge. Drones. Drones. Yes, drones. Absolutely. Scan eagles. We used the scan eagle uh, when we did the Marisk, Alabama hostage rescue. So, so yes, and China's in there, recognize them already, is going to recognize the Afghans. The Russians are going to recognize the Afghans. You can bank on Al-Qaeda 3.0 coming back with Augusto. And sooner or later, we'll start seeing all these terrorist attacks around the world. And what breaks my heart and what really frustrates me more than anything, everything that we worked 20 years to, to, to achieve is down the drain. Now we got to start from, from ground zero again because of this very poor decision by the White House. Rudy, so, um, <clears throat> are we going to be able to be in a situation to where we can help these women and children at some point as the Nazarene fund? We're, I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking at different ways to do that. Um, it's, it's not going to be easy. We have, we no longer have any allies in the region. I mean, it's, Jeez. it's just down now, Pakistan, the church there is uh, under constant persecution. Now Afghanistan obviously has fallen. There's nobody in the region that we, if we work, we want, we're going to have to work very quietly. And, and I'm, uh, you know, I need, just need to figure out the best ways to, to support these people, whether it's in place or slowly get them out of the country. I mean, it's, it's, uh, 
as you said in your opening remarks, we sh we're still dealing with the problems in Syria from poor decisions during the Obama administration. And, and we st we're still rescuing kidnapped women and children. There are still thousands missing. And that's an ongoing situation. So Afghanistan is going to be in the same in the same uh, genre. But, but uh, you know, right now it's extremely dangerous. But I'm hoping that we're going to find a way to do something. Rudy, thank you very much. Our prayers are with you and, and everybody that um, is part of our military. Uh, this has got to be a, just a brutal, brutal weekend uh, for you and um, your comrades. Oh, it's a punch. I bet. Yes. Thank you yes. so much, Rudy. Thank you. God bless. That's uh, Lieutenant Colonel uh, Rudy Atala. He is the chief operating officer of the Nazarene Fund, uh, something that you uh, founded helping women and children and all slaves um, and religious minorities that are trapped uh, behind enemy lines. We try to get them out. You can find out more or make a donation to the NazareneFund.org now. How many millions of dollars were raised for the Nazarene Fund? Do you know off the top of your head? I know the initial amount was $26 million. It's incredible. Yeah. Incredible. And unfortunately yeah. now... the. The job is going to get, as he said, I mean, I've Rudy is always I mean, he was with the National Security Council. I mean, he has been a presidential advisor. Mm -hmm. This guy, it, he knows it and he knows the Middle East. And he's always like, don't worry. He's a big God guy. We'll get him. We'll get him. We got it. To have him just say, I've never heard him go. Uh, now, it's I asked him for the first time this morning, so he hasn't had time, but. I've never heard him discouraged or say, I don't know. It's going to be tough. Yeah. You know, it's interesting looking at this in that a lot of people are saying, well, I can't believe we trained, spent all this money training this, this army and they just folded like this. And it doesn't make sense, right? The actual thing that occurred is probably worse, which is a lot of the people we trained holding a lot of the weapons we gave them are much close, more closely aligned with the Taliban than we expected. <laughs> and yeah, now or, or they're, they're trained and have those weapons and will be fighting with them. Right. Do you remember the Kurd situation under George H.W. Bush when we just let the Kurds just get mm. slaughtered because we wouldn't supply air support? That's really the problem. They were not prepared to fight without air support. They've yeah. got their own uh, uh, air force. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Do they? Um, what does that Air Force really look like and how how trained were they to provide the kind of air cover that the United States government does? Oh, no, they didn't yeah. have that sort didn't of capability. Have, and and some it. of the criticism is that we were so good with the air support yeah. that they couldn't do anything uh, on their own. Right. And they essentially became dependent on our support. Correct. Which may very well be true. However, it's not going to solve this situation nope. now. We can all talk about this. You know, this is what happens when you essentially put, you know, AOC's Twitter feed into policy. That's what this is. Let me take a couple of phone calls here. First from uh, Michelle. She's a veteran, did a couple of tours in Iraq. How are you feeling today? Miserable. Just miserable. I spent Thursday night talking an Afghan vet in our neighborhood a friend of our neighbors down off the ledge. Um, it just, 
you cannot explain the both rage and despair of the Afghan vets right now. I'm here at Fort Hood, and I just, it's mind-bogglingly stupid because it was all so predictable. Um, In fact, I will give half a cheer to General Mark Milley, who I, you know, mostly dislike and I think (laughs) (laughs) like 98% dislike, but um, he and some other generals prepared plans for this. I mean, this was not a new thing, the withdrawal Mm -hmm. from Afghanistan. And he said, Hey, we need this, this and this to happen. We need to get our allies out. Um, You know, there've been reports floating around for a decade and about how to withdraw safely, get our troops out of there, get our allies and equipment out of there. And Biden said, I'm going to do it. Okay, well, here are our plans. This is what needs to happen before we can withdraw. And Biden was like, cool, thanks, bro, and did his own thing. Yeah, I actually did yeah. see it, read the same reporting about Millie and that at least at the last, the last uh, few months was arguing for a some sort of uh, improved withdrawal. Now, he's also really famous for leaking uh, favorable stories about himself to the press. So I'm not sure how to take that, but I did read that same reporting. Michelle, uh, please pass on our uh, condolences and uh, and our heartfelt gratitude for all of you that stood up and and fought. It was uh, it was not wasted on the hearts of the American people. Thank you so much, Michelle. Let me go to John in New York. Hello, John. Uh, I'm sorry. How are you doing? Good. This is uh, John in Pennsylvania. Sorry. Go ahead. How are you, Mr. Beck? Very good. Good. Hey, uh, first time, long time. Thank you. I just want to let you know, um, preface the conversation with, I respect the office. I do not respect the man. Yeah. Uh, I feel as though one thing was lacking from this plan and that's a word called strategy strategy is defined as a plan of action designed to achieve a major or overall aim he had his own strategy but it wasn't a military strategy it's how do i score enough points to win another election should i make it that far with my health (laughs) uh i'm trying to remain composed here because there's things i want to say that i can't say um i'm a combat vet i'm a wounded combat vet my life has been irreparably changed from this conflict, my resolve is not. I still stand with the American people. I will do anything for the American people. And if I was asked to go back, I would go back tomorrow. God bless you, John. Thank you so much. Adam, last call. You're on the Glenbeck program. Hello. Hey, go ahead, Adam. How are you? All right. Well, I got to say, you know what? Thinking going into the election that Trump was doing a good job, but he was hated by everybody. And I mean, not everybody, obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. but you know, I mean, just all the stuff that was going on with Trump, Biden coming across as a moderate. So you think, all right, maybe I go with the moderate guy here and everything works out better and the country gets along better. And everything this man has done since he got into office is wrong. Mm. Did, wait, wait, wait. Did you, did you vote for Biden? Yeah, I, 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 Figured, what the hell? I, I mean, I knew my vote didn't matter anyway. I'm in New York. Yeah. But I'm like, you know, I just, I just want, I just wanted to, you know, kind of get to like more of a 
right. Yeah. So anyway, this guy has been awful. Everything he does is wrong. He's dysfunctional. And I mean, my thing is, is that I actually think I have a cure. I think the cure, the vaccine for America for this thing to make it less horrible is Trump takes congressional seat in Florida. And <laughs> I agree with you. In the house. I agree with you. I think he does what now? If, if he becomes, yeah, he runs in 2022 and becomes a congressman. They take control of the House <laughs> and he becomes Speaker of the House. He doesn't even need to be a congressman to be Speaker of the House, right? And no, you don't need to. But, but, you know, John Quincy Adams mm-hmm. was president and then ran for a congressional seat. And he made a huge difference in, in uh, the country because of that congressional seat. It, most presidents wouldn't do it because they would look look down on it. But being able to replace Nancy Pelosi, oh, my <laughs> gosh, would that be delicious. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm pretty vocal about the products that I believe in. That goes double when the product in question has had a huge impact on my life like Relief Factor has. I had terrible pain all the time. Uh, in fact, I flew twice this weekend, um, and even flying was extraordinarily painful for me. And I just thought, this is what my life is going to be like. I was skeptical. Um, people were telling me about Relief Factor, but I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Um, oh, let's get that inflammation down. Let's get some ibuprofen 800. And never thought it would work. Really didn't. My wife insisted that I try it for three weeks. Just try it. Or I'm not listening to you complain. And uh, I was like, you got to listen to me complain. That's what I do best. And so I took Relief Factor, not expecting it to work. And it worked for me. Please try it. 70% of the people who try it for three weeks go on to order more. If it's not working in three weeks, it's not going to work for you. 800-500-8384. 800-500-8384. 800-500-8384. 800-500-8384. It's relieffactor.com. 888-727-BECK. This is the Glenn Beck Program. This is... This is the Glenn Beck Program. Uh, this morning when we came in, the uh, video of our... Uh, what are those C-17s taking off uh, from Afghanistan? There was one that we watched where they said that people were falling from the sky. And we watched the video early this morning and couldn't see it. it, it the video is very clear now. It appears to be real, too. At least news, news sources are yeah, carrying pe- it. People are holding on to these airplanes. It's like the wheels. Yeah. And they're just falling from the sky. That's how desperate mm. things are right now. Uh, pray for the people of Afghanistan. Pray for the people that helped us. Pray for the women and children of Afghanistan. This is the Glenn Beck Program.